Welcome back to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that is left is right. I'm your host, Scott Seary. If you haven't done so already, please hit that like button for this podcast, or leave a five-star review if it's possible, whatever you have available, and you know, while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe so you get first dibs whenever a new episode is released. That'll help us to expand the reach of this podcast and get in front of more people that may or may not find value in it. So last week, we did not talk about anything. Uh, did you happen to notice there wasn't a new episode posted? I was traveling through the South with the family, uh, hitting up a bunch of new states, state capitals, and new areas that we had never seen before. And I considered recording a podcast while driving, but decided just to wait until we were back. So next week, tune back in. We will probably have Holden Siri as our guest, and we'll talk about our road trip. We'll talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. This week, we're going to look at some of the words we use and how those on the spectrum can get a little confused with metaphors and analogies, similes, and similar situations regarding other synonyms and allegories and metonymies. Metonymies. It's a fun little word. We'll get more into the metonymy later. Now, I'm trying to think of times in my childhood where I just took things literally because it and it was obviously sarcasm or a joke but I took it literally because I just did not recognize that a joke was being made now my childhood was several years ago and so I'm kind of drawing a lot of blanks here uh, I'm sure if I flipped open some uh, photo albums I'd be able to pull out some of these stories, so I'll have to sit down and do that so I have better stories in the future. Uh, I know I've mentioned this one before, but we'll go back into it. It's a little bit worth repeating. Now, talking things over, since I've started this podcast, I've reviewed some of these stories with my oldest brother. He's about six, seven years older than I am, and we realized that my mom was actually very passive-aggressive. She never really outright said, didn't often outright say what she wanted or expected, and a lot of times would use a little bit of sarcasm to drive home the point. Now, I don't know whether we were at a lake or a beach, but I do remember sun, water, and some sand. We were all lathering up with sunscreen, and of course, me being the ginger, I was over a bit more. Now, a quick Google search tells me that sunscreen was invented in the 1930s and started to be widely used in the 1950s. But it feels like today it's more commonly used than even back in the 80s and the 90s. So when this story took place, it was probably early 90s, we usually had sunscreen with us, but a lot of times we just didn't use it. Now this day was especially bright and sunny and that meant yeah we'd, we'd lather up but we were planning to be outside in the sun for a considerable length of time. So I grabbed the uh, SPF 15, the sun tan lotion, not the sun block, and slathered it all on my body and then I took the SPF 30 to put it on my face. 
Now, my mom was disgusted that we would be using anything that was under SPF 30 and risk getting burned. I don't know why we even owned the lower SPFs, but we did. But she didn't say, hey, why don't you use, hey, don't use the SPF 15. Instead, use the SPF 30 because you really need to protect yourself from the sun. Now, instead, she looked at me and said, what, is it not cool to tan on your face? Now, of course, I didn't pick up on the sarcasm. I don't think I really even responded. But I know I at least processed these thoughts and these words that went along the lines of, well, a burn on my arms and legs wouldn't be as painful to deal with as one on my face, so I want to make sure that my face is more well protected than the rest of the body. But most likely, if I said anything along, anything at all, it was probably along the lines of, well, I don't want to burn on my face. It was, looking back, it was very obvious the sarcasm was there. At the time did not register. Now, other times as a teenager, I remember friends would say things that just went totally over my head or under it or around it. And a lot of times it wasn't as much straight up sarcasm, but just jokes that I didn't get. Or maybe they just lied to me. I just took it at face value because why would somebody lie when the outcome of the story or whatever they're telling me doesn't matter whether they lie or tell the truth either way it's it's transmitting information now because of my upbringing and my propensity to do things the way they're supposed to be done that just because that's what you've been done done been told to do you could say i was a little sheltered or maybe naive so many of the jokes that kind of fell into the dirty joke category didn't make a whole lot of sense. But I did learn that if I was in a group and everyone else laughed, then I should probably laugh right along with them. Because when I didn't laugh along with them, I would get called out and then you get made fun of. This especially happens in the middle school years, where if you didn't know what a jo dirty joke was all about, you'd get laughed at and ridiculed for not knowing human anatomy or things that happen after dark. Later, it was my early 20s, I can think of one instance. I had a friend that, for whatever reason, didn't think I was worthy of knowing the truth of what was happening. Now, this isn't really my story to share, so I'm going to keep it a little bit vague, but enough to get the point across. This one friend, he moved away from Billings. Uh, big, excited, talked it up, was glad to be gone, and lasted a few months before moving back home. And so we got together and came back and talked about it, and he just he said he just couldn't stand the people he was living with, but couldn't afford to live on his own. Tried to tough it out, but decided Billings was just a better fit than to live in misery. And he was like, oh, okay, cool, that makes sense. I understand the uh, difficulties of dealing with people. And then a few days later, talking with another friend, a mutual friend, I explained what I had learned, and he just kind of laughed about it. And he said, did you believe that? 
that wasn't the case at all. He partied too hard and he ran out of money. And so then I'm just kind of left wondering, why was I given the first story to begin with? Was I, was it something about me that I couldn't be trusted with the truth? Was it something that he was embarrassed about? If it was embarrassment, why tell anyone the truth and tell me one story and somebody else a completely different story? Anyway, the world may never know. Maybe this was a one-time situation, but what it is is that these stories, these things that people tell me, tend to be taken at face value because there's no reason to not take them at face value. So now, nowadays, I'm a little bit older, a little bit wiser, a little bit more able to recognize some of these things, and a lot of my confusion comes from one person. Over the last several decades, I've learned how to spot sarcasm quite well, and I've learned how to use it quite well as well, and I actually really enjoy using it. Oscar Wilde, he's an Irish poet and writer, he once said, sarcasm is the lowest form of wit, but the highest form of intelligence. Now, I, dis I disagree a little bit. I agree with the latter part of that, but I agree, I, I believe that sarcasm is the wittiest of the wit. But the trick is to use it so sneakily that even if somebody doesn't catch it, the intention and the meaning of your statement has not been lost. Now, there's one person that constantly trips me up with his sarcasm and jokes, and that's Aubrey Kincaid. And it's not that he's especially good at sarcasm or that his jokes are especially witty. It's more of the fact that it's not one form of communication when speaking to him that's more dominant. So his jokes sound like not jokes and sarcasm sounds like not sarcasm. And sometimes it's hard to determine when one is being used over the other. Or maybe it's just that he's uh, highly inappropriate using sarcasm when it shouldn't actually be used at that particular time. I'll have to analyze this further and talk with him and pretend that he doesn't know that I know that he's using sarcasm or not using sarcasm. All right, so let's finish this out with this fun new word that I re learned recently, used it up there at the beginning of this podcast, and wanted to get a little bit more into it because it's actually a really good word to describe how many left of normal people are tripped up by the language we use. That word is metonymy, M-E-T-O-N-Y-M-Y. Now, we can break this down real quick. Uh, it comes from the Greek words meta and anima. Uh, we know the second part of that from words like synonym and antonym. And the second part of the word meaning name or basically a word meaning word. Meta, on the other hand, means among or with. That's probably the whole reason Facebook parent company changed their name to meta. But this word metonymy uses a little bit different meaning of the word meta. The word means other here. So if we put those together, other and name, metonymy is the other name. In other words, it's a word that takes the place of another word, but means the same thing, even if they're not related. So if you look this up 
uh, you find some common examples. And the first one you'll probably find is swearing allegiance to the crown. Uh, the metonymy here is crown, using the word crown instead of swearing allegiance to the king or queen. The crown is metonymous. I don't know if metonymous is actually a word, but it is now. Crown is metonymous to the person, which is actually kind of a double metonymy because the swearing allegiance to the king is you're not really swearing as much to that person, but to his overall leadership. So these metonymies can trip left of normals up. Because why would we swear allegiance to an inanimate object that sits atop a ruler's head? Other examples would be, this dish is delicious, when you really mean to say the food located upon the dish is delicious. And so if somebody asks you, what's your favorite dish, you might pause and think for a minute and be like, well, I like those bowls that aren't like real small, but they're kind of like plates that are dipped a little bit. They're big bowls, and you can fill them with food or soup. So they work in both situations. And then you get looked at really weirdly, and they say, no, I'm talking about food. What's your favorite food? I'm like, well, why didn't you say that in the first place? Other examples. Hollywood creates marvelous entertainment. Really, it's the movie industry and not a town in which the movie industry is located. Give me a hand means give me some help. I gave you my heart. I, you didn't. They didn't rip their heart out and hand it to you. It's something about falling in love. Oh, sweet new ride. It's really a sweet new car. But the car really isn't sweet at all. It's probably kind of metallic tasting and maybe a little bit gritty. It depends on when it was last washed. Okay, you get the idea. You probably use a lot of metonymy every day. And it's actually something we kind of get used to. Once... Once you've learned it, it's not hard to pick out the understanding and the meaning that Sweet New Ride is, in fact, referring to a vehicle that the person enjoys the looks of. But with new metonymies, it can take us an extra second to get the right meaning, it's especially when they become more and more obscure, and especially with all the slang these kids are using these days so maybe uh, another cast we'll get into more obscure words and their etymology because it's quite fun to look into some of these things leave me a comment if you actually enjoyed this or you just kind of glazed over or maybe even just turn the whole thing off once i started talking about words but for today you've had a peek into the world where everything left is right and if it feels right then it must be left Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Please join the Facebook community. Feel free to ask any questions you have over there and or interact with everybody in that group. Remember, sometimes we left of normals can get a bit confused. So tell it to us literally if we are standing around wondering what in the world is going on. And of course, share this podcast with your friends, whether they are left, normies, or right.